0: Welcome to Sin City with Nick Manessis and Dane McLean. Live chat about everything cinema. From new releases, iconic films, and plenty more for you movie lovers. Live for CMRU.ca. And now, to the men behind the mic. To another episode of Sin City with Nick Manessis and Dane McLean. I'm Dane McLean, and here with me today, Nick Manessis. Oh,
1: wait, sorry. And, and, and returning here is our, our, our third timer guest, Emmanuel Akinola. Welcome yeah, back. Good. Emmanuel. Oh I'm so, Emmanuel. so glad to be here. This is amazing. So before we uh, get into the next episode, um, so uh, let's catch up. Like, how you how you guys been? Like, what you been up to these days? Like. Oh, oh,
2: I've been all right. I've been all right.
1: Any uh, new screenplays
2: work, working? I wish. Nah, still the same one. Um, just go, just going over it, make sure everything's good and tidy. But nah, nothing much. That's it. How about you, Dane? Like, how you been? What you been up to these days? I've been good. I've been
0: good. I've been busy with um, school, back to school, new semester. And actually, yesterday I had a new idea kind of come to me for a film that I can do in. Um, our situation with quarantine and everything. So I'm excited about what that could be. I don't know when I'll do it, maybe in the next few weeks or next month, but I just have to write the script now, but it's, it's exciting when you just have a random idea just, Come up out of nowhere, so that was that's interesting. It doesn't happen to me very often, so I was kind excited.
1: How are you mm, doing? Actually, really good. Yeah, like I have been. I like you. I've also started classes again. Like I actually am growing used to this to the, I to you know online classes now. It's actually been working pretty good, and tomorrow I can't wait for tomorrow because that's where I start my very first film class in Montreal nice right. oh that'll so, be cool so it's film studies right mm, that's right yes uh intro to film studies yeah cool um, i'm sure that's gonna be exciting for you yeah, like most of the films there i've watched most of them in quarantine like tomorrow we're gonna start watching no country for old men
2: oh that's a perfect movie oh,
0: yeah My favorites of all time yeah wow, wow. that's a good start <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: And
1: also, um, yeah, I've, much like uh, you, Dane, like you guys, I have also just now, a few hours ago, came up for another idea for uh, a short film, by the way, to do during quarantine as well. Mm. Nice.
0: Yeah, there's. uh, Embrace the the situation, I think. Very For a long time, I've been kind of just telling myself, oh, I'll wait till goes back to normal all will wait till it goes back to normal but I just don't know how long that'll be so I feel like it's just time to just start making stuff with the situation
2: yeah
0: it'll kind of stand out as like part of part of this time and it's, it'll be kind of unique in that way
2: so i figure it's, it's a good time just to make stuff
1: oh yeah for sure you're doing that very well today you do it well.
2: thanks yeah this quarantine has been very helpful i've been working on revising scripts and working on stuff just to keep myself busy and yeah i guess that's one of the uh sides of pandemics like you have a lot of free time Mm-hmm, exactly, exactly. Uh, and yeah. the fear, yeah. future sure yeah um
1: by the way how, how are you finding them by the way i know you've been doing this for a long time but how are you finding online classes
0: they're okay i think i, I don't know there, there's positives and negatives to them but overall i've enjoyed it i've enjoyed online classes but i, I do miss you know kind okay. of seeing people and kind of uh that element of it but it's fine like it's it's not bad definitely it's definitely doable I think yeah Yeah. Yeah. here (laughs) could be worse definitely could be worse
1: That is true. Uh, Oh, I also um by the way also, um I know it's reason, but also good job too on your newest YouTube channel, by the way, Emmanuel Story Seeker.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I've been working on that. That was an idea I had for like a few years. But yeah, I'm trying to gain followers, not being successful. But um but yeah, I like doing it. I mean yeah, I told you, Nick. I'm um, working on a video on the Russo brothers because they they did a good job with the MCU, and I really want to focus on. There's two things I want to focus on, like how they do action and how they made the villains. Like they had all their villains are like very compelling. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Can't wait to see that one. Yeah,
1: like that's that would be a make for an interesting analysis for sure, man. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Oh, and also, awesome. three days from today, it's going to be my
2: birthday. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Coming up now. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Crazy. Excited for Last episode I was on, it was Danes. <laughs> now it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. You know, today actually marks the six, six months to the day I joined Film Buffs. Ooh! Congratulations, man. Yeah, six months of the day.
0: So that would March thirteenth. Huh? Right at the start of the pandemic, in in your hometown, maybe right like around that time.
2: Yeah, March thirteenth. So yeah, that's yeah, that's just before they started rolling out, you know, protocols for like you know closing down places and yeah. things like that. <clears throat> and also, I want to tell one more
1: thing. My mom, just by luck, she managed to find a road test for me for this for November. Okay. So, if I finally pass this one, I might finally get my driver's
2: license. Like, thank God. I feel so guilty because I never had to take one. <laughs> no? No, like, wow. like um, when I got it, I got it. Um, I had to renew my license back in 2012. And the lady, she, she already put driver's license on it. Like, before, you're supposed to put learner's driver's license. But I guess I was old enough, so she already changed it. So I didn't have to take the driving test. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's cool.
0: And uh, yeah. what, what age can you get uh, a learners in uh, Texas?
2: In Texas, you have to be around 15 to 16, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think here's 14, I think. But I, I didn't get my learners until I was 18. And then the driver's license at twenty. I was kinda late to it. But
2: I was very late.
0: (laughs) I it's not super important. I I don't think it's I don't think it's good to drive too young anyway. I think it's Mm -hmm. better to be mature and you know. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. That's so much fun to drive. It's like the first year you have your license is just so exciting.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) much fun. fun, fun, Uh, Feel like you could do anything exactly yeah
0: joyride (laughs) you'll enjoy Nick it's it's a great time just to drive around listening to music I think that's adds a lot adds a lot of fun to your life definitely
1: wow yeah Yeah, it does green so today's topic it's all gonna be about the the renowned director Robert Eggers. So tell me, guys, Dane Emmanuel, wouldst thou like to live deliciously?
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I have to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, probably not <laughs> <laughs> yeah like wow like
1: I was introduced to the work of Robert Eggers by by Dan here during our first meeting like he told me that The Lighthouse was his favorite film of the last decade and it didn't yeah, uh,
0: definitely top 10 yeah definitely I think that was my favorite horror film of the decade and yeah de- definitely top 10 of all genres I would say yeah it was a surprising one because um i only saw that in december 2019 so i guess pretty much at the very last the last month of the decade and i was able to sneak in into the top 10 of the last 10 years but yeah it's an incredible film and i've only seen it the one time but i i haven't watched it again but i really want to it's um what did you guys think about it
2: Wow oh, um I thought it was weird as hell, <laughs> but I love that I love how artful it is like it's blurring like Nick was saying, it blurred that line between like real and supernatural, you know and and I love the tension between these two characters. I mean <laughs> you have the uh you could also have the father and son dynamic, but you also have like these two people stranded on this place and they have to deal with each other. And I love how Eggers, he's, he's so good at like playing with that, like using people's psychology to like mm-hmm. disintegrate their, their relationships, you know, like it's a very simple idea he puts in his films where like you you just throw these characters into the situation and you just let them tear at each other, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought I was really uh, very interesting. And the way it was shot, too, was amazing. I mean, there's so many great shots in that movie. It's true, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. And I love also how, like, first off, I think David Lynch would really, really love this movie. Like, it's so surreal, like, very, almost dream, like, you're in a dream, basically. And and you're right, Emmanuel, like, it's so beautifully shot, and they actually captured, like, the tone during that time, during
2: the, the 1600s, I believe it was. Right? Like, I think I think it was 1800s
0: yeah
2: yeah for the lighthouse it was late 1800s, 1800s, I think.
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah late late 19th century so just before turnover into the 1900s yeah but um uh, yeah it was excellent like you totally felt immersed in that world and you know you listen to robert Eggers talk about what went into it and t- he really focused on detail like to make it as realistic as possible and uh, it, i don't know some interesting facts about it i guess interesting for for us i guess is um it's filmed in um canada in i think in nova scotia that's right yes yeah yes, but it takes place in the united states so mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting how it's like an american canadian film so it's like a combination and um yeah it was such a surprise I, I didn't really i didn't really know what to expect from it i just knew i knew it would be good but i didn't know it would be like one of my favorites of all time. I wasn't expecting that.
1: Of all time? Wow. I,
0: I would say so. I would say, like, I don't know. I, I don't have an all time list, but I think it would find its way into, like, the top 50, top 100, maybe. I yeah. think
2: so. Yeah. I think so. It, it made my list for top 10 of 2019. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Like very well done. Like Robert
1: Eggers, before he became a director, he was a production designer. And he he actually did his research on all the, like on the 1800s, like the clothes, the setting, whatever they did to, to really make you feel, make it more
2: believable that you're in that time period. Yeah, well, yeah one of the interview, interviews I, I saw, I think it was with either Collider or, um, a, a podcaster He said It's really about You know di- Deeping dive into the, into the research You know and really trying to find out What that period was like And I think that's why It's so well Because It's so uncanny How he So realistic And accurate His films are And the time periods mm-hmm. It's like he it, it basically like Being transported To another world To that time
0: Yeah Absolutely Yeah, yeah. And Um just everything about the stylistic choices—black and white was the perfect,
2: perfect. Yes, it was.
0: Like it really—it makes you feel like you're watching something like an artifact from a long time ago. It, may, it has that element of, um, yeah, like this is this. I could totally imagine this movie being produced in like the 1940s <laughs> or 1950s. Jules, yeah. But uh, it has that uh, modern feel at the same time, so it's just. It's just perfect, in my opinion, in how it's the visual effects and the, the imagery. Yeah.
1: Uh, and like, also, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm you I'm sorry. I was
0: done,
1: I was done um, so yeah. also, back to your point yeah, I agree with all those points too and I really love the decision to make it, it was also shot in a uh, one twenty-four aspect ratio like, mm-hmm. it, like it left you the same feeling of like, cla-
2: claustrophobia as well as the same characters are in right now yeah so, yeah. yeah, it really I think uh, Eggers did that to withhold Things from the audience to make them just be in the same shoes as the characters, I guess. Um, in terms of like what you can see visually and things like that. And I gotta say, the music was creepy as heck, man. The music was so good. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it was. God, it was so good. It it really it adds the creepy and scary factor for sure yeah for sure definitely Definitely. and the lighthouse it was
1: one of the first films i've watched during the quarantine and i think it's a really great film to watch during these times like you know the feeling of isolation of being indoors for like a long period of time this is definitely very relevant today i'd say
2: yeah, like you're seeing these two guys at first it seemed like they might like each other, but over time it's just no, like especially Robert Pattinson's character, he just he just loses it, you know, because it's like there's so much you can do being stranded in that place and it's like I mean he, he masturbates, he does he does all type of stupid stuff. <laughs> and like and it's and it you can kinda of understand him because uh Dan, William Dafoe's character keeps badgering him mm-hmm. like oh you're not good at this you're not good at that and it's like eventually you're gonna reach a breaking point you know yeah so, yeah it makes sense I'm sorry, I, was, I was gonna say like willem defoe is like
0: the worst boss ever like the most annoying manager <laughs> you've <been to> <laughs> it just plays it so well like, you just get frustrated for robert pence mm-hmm. and you can just imagine how that would feel being alone with this guy and He's just, he's just so bizarre,
1: like... Understatement of the year.
2: (laughs) I love how he has a speech, like, every time they eat, and Ronald parents is like, just shut up. (laughs) 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 He forces him to toast his drink.
1: (laughs) Right? You're you're fond of my lobster?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't like my cooking? (laughs) That was hilarious. Yeah yeah
0: there's a lot of comedy in the movie like you, you laugh through i, I laughed through most of it actually i was kind uh, it more funny than scary most of the time but it's just it's, it's like it, it's not scary but it's, it's kind of disturbing i think like it's like a traumatizing well uh, i don't, I don't want to talk about our favorite scenes yet but uh yeah there's one scene in particular that's quite disturbing i think and it's um Oh, I'll get to that later, but we'll cool. save that for our countdown. But um, for the most part, I was laughing. I think, especially during yeah. some of the I... more uh, tense scenes, you can't help but just to just to laugh to yourself. <laughs> 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 you yeah. know, you get on each other's nerves, and uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely a comedy in some aspects. And it's like like an old married couple for sure.
2: Yeah, 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 my yeah. husband like. And that's how kind of, and I guess that's kind of how it was in those days, you know? Yeah. But yeah, there was parts where I was like, I was laughing, man. Especially the scene when um, it's after he, he, he masturbated and like, I think he left some semen or whatever on the floor. And the guy was like, and the other foe was like, clean this up right now. He's <laughs> like, look here, man. I'm not a slave, okay? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just—it's so awkward. All of these encounters. There's like no privacy there, and oh no, not just that. Just like having someone just watching over you constantly, and yeah, like the whole element of—they just don't—they just don't know how long it'll be till they get off the island. Like it just keeps getting delayed. Mm. I think mean, that's kind of like what makes the quarantine so frustrating—is—is is it just keeps extending? Like it's like okay, maybe by this date we'll be able to do stuff and then just gets pushed back and just gets pushed back that's kind of like the the worst part about i think being stuck in a situation very true i
1: know And now you mentioned it, yeah, that's the thing, too, about the film I noticed, like, that it doesn't make it clear what's the passage of time, you know, like, it it doesn't make it clear how long have they been on the rock, and Mm -hmm. it really asks the question, not that they're insane, but how long they have been going like
2: this, just adds to the creep factor, I'd say. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say it was probably weeks, maybe even months, I think maybe like a month or two, um... yeah Yeah. and i would explain you know the the disintegration of their psyche man especially robert patterson's character (laughs) Yeah. added to the fact that he he was guilty of taking that guy's identity too
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that that adds a whole new layer of of questioning who robert penson um i forget his character's name um
2: Uh, Thomas? 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 Yeah, his real name is Thomas. Before it was Ephraim Winslow, but that was a lie.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, His character, yeah, you you start to really question who he is and what what he's hiding, and you start to maybe, uh, maybe you start to understand uh, Thomas Wake, Willem Dafoe's character a little bit more, why he was kind of suspicious of him from the beginning, but it's, it's kind of, you don't, you don't know who to believe, you don't know who to side with, so that's the, that's the difficult part about it, is you kind of, you like both of them in a, in a way, but you kind of find reasons not to like both of them in some ways as well, so.
1: And also, uh, and Robert Pattinson's character is also hiding uh, another secret, by the way. He's Batman. <laughs> yeah, man. the dark knight. <laughs> yeah, this like this film. It Robert Pattinson was oh my, he was such a powerhouse in this film. Like his performance really sold me that he has what it takes to be the next Batman. Like he, he this film is proof that he left his Twilight days long behind him. Like he's a great actor. That's
2: as long as he is given like the the right material, the right writing. Like let's not yeah yeah I don't know why a lot of people pigeonhole them in, in twilight you know I feel, I feel like that's unfair you know and uh there was a funny comment when um they were showing the Batman trailer, and when Batman is beating up the uh, one of the thugs, somebody put in the comments that Weren't you in Twilight? And then, like, they cut it off, and then, like, it's supposed to be the scene where he beats up the guy. (laughs) So basically saying, oh, stop saying I was in Twilight. (laughs) But, yeah, he's a great actor. Over the years, he's he's really shown his his range. And I think that's what made Matt Reeves want to get him, you know, to to play Batman.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, may, may he get well soon too, by the way, I, I've heard that he is uh, tested positive, by the way.
2: Yeah, that sucks. Right. They had to shut down production. Yeah. So,
1: let's hope he gets yeah.
2: better. Yeah. Hope, so hope he gets better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The risky thing about making films in these times, in in person, in physical form, just always that extra layer of risk now so hope he's okay and that they can get back to filming and everything will go well for everyone and especially for robert pence and i hope he uh recovers it's crazy unbelievable but
2: yeah it's yeah
0: bound to happen i guess with uh this virus right like you can only do so much especially if you're around lots of people it's can't really uh prevent it all the time even if you have producers trying to make it better and safety protocols like it's just it's it's frightening definitely scary yeah it is very
2: true
0: yeah I'm sure he'll be fine, though. But it's just, it's just one of those things where I don't think I don't think this has ever happened before. Like, uh, Well, definitely there's been movies where actors have gone sick or some health issue during the shoot. But or, like just because this situation has never happened before, a pandemic of this scale, well, it has happened before, but it's been, you know, 100 years since something this bad, and there weren't really, you know... The movie industry wasn't as active probably a hundred years ago as it is today, but it's just it's just a whole new thing that everyone has to get used to. And uh, I don't know I don't know what future of cinema will be like for the next six months. I have no idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going to be a lot of delayed films I wonder what the 2021 <laughs> Oscars is going to be like of <laughs> all these movies that nobody's seen <laughs> going
0: to be pretty interesting because uh, some really um, small director someone that's kind of would have been overlooked before might find their way into winning an that's award true. that's true so it could be nice I think. oh yeah See what happens. For sure yeah so.
1: Ja. Another um, thing I also uh, really uh, appreciate about the the, light, the lighthouse as well is like how there was like he really did a lot of research like on the stuff like the whole mytholog- the mythology like sea monsters and mermaids mm-hmm. and also like the dialogue too like he he actually even sp- spent months even years studying like all how they spoke during the eighteenth century like words like. That or Yi,
2: or, yeah, like, very, just live. so... The amount of detail is incredible, really. Yeah, he did the same thing in The Witch. Like, he specifically made sure that he looked how Puritans talked in those days. And, um, yeah, it just really, it just shows how great he is at research. And, And that, the way it helps the story because it makes these characters more alive, you know? uh yeah he did such a great job with that Like the witch, like if
1: the lighthouse. To me, I found the lighthouse to be a story about embracing insanity, and the witch is basically a story about embracing and believing in evil. I'd say. Like,
2: just, yeah, yeah. Like they're both different films, but I would say the the witch was primarily about you know, it was like um. To me, it was like a Daniel Hawthorne story because Daniel Hawthorne, he was a dark romantic and he wrote about, you know, Puritans a lot. And Puritan families were very strict, very, you know, you gotta follow the will of God and this and that. And so it's kind of like, The Witch was kind of like this movie where Thomason, the main character, she, she was trying to find solace in that, but she couldn't. And so in order to be free, quote unquote, she had to, you know, become a worshiper of the devil and mm-hmm. had, to, had to get away from that rigidity of her family because she lost, she lost the mother, she lost everything. And so she needed to find solace in uh, a master. She was always looking for a master. That's true. And so she found it, I guess, sadly, in the wrong, the wrong one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. Okay.
1: What were your guys' thoughts on um, upon your first viewing of The Witch or The Veach?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: can go first, then.
0: Oh, I actually haven't seen The Witch yet. I feel I feel like but, you know, it's kind of bad to say, but it's like I've only seen literally half well, one of two <laughs> Robert Hacker's <laughs> <Anderson>. films. <laughs> but he's one of my favorite directors already. I I need to watch The Witch still, but I know it. I know enough about it. I kind of I understand what the movie's about, and I've seen like YouTube analysis of it, but I haven't watched it fully yet. So I, I shall let Manuel speak, speak first about this? Cause...
2: Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's a it was a masterful film. Like it scared the crap out of me. I mean, what's great about the film is not about the jump scares. It's about the atmosphere. You know, it's about how the shots are made, composed. I mean, the close-ups. Some of the close-ups are jarring. Like they make you jump, like how he's telling the story and it's so it focuses so much on the atmosphere and what isn't seen, you know, like. And like, I would think one good example is when Caleb came back and he's, you know, he's howling and he's crazy, you know, the witch got to him, but you never see what the witch did to him. You can only imagine what she must've done to him. right? <laughs> <laughs> and that was so scary. Like he just lost it. Yeah, like- and so I like how he, Edgar's is such a great director and in my opinion, he's better than Ari Astor. Mm-hmm. I might get I might get heat for the saying that, but yeah. I really enjoy his his filmmaking more than Ari Aster because to him it's all about the atmosphere, it's all about the music mm-hmm. and the production design of course and just ma- having these characters and just making them go at it mm-hmm. and just seeing the disintegration of, of these characters you know and their, their relationships so yeah I really like that Very true, and
1: yeah I, I I strongly agree with your point like the film doesn't rely at all on jump scares like n- none of the old school horror cliches but rather like the, the ambience it's about the location like you the four the, the family they live in a cottage in a very like Isolated and dark forest, like you can feel as if like they're being watched by something by outside forces, and it makes you feel as if you are trapped with them, trapped, and they're like they're in a
2: tight space, and the walls just keep closing in every second. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was basically, and I think Edgar's talk about this because in an interview with Collider around the time the movie came out, he said he approached this movie as if. Because the Puritans actually believed in that stuff, so he he really approached it as a way of that could have been real, like that could really happen, and that's what's so scary about it, because it's playing on their fears, you know, the Puritans' fears at the time, mm-hmm. and that was just made, and it made it more real. Like you said, Nick, he keeps blurring that line between real and supernatural, and it's just it's scary because you don't know. <laughs> how to find your way into the story or or like, is it real, is it not? That kind of adds to the horror a little bit, but um, yeah, it's just really well
1: done. Like maybe magic maybe mundane like that those are themes I found in both uh, the witch and the lighthouse, especially like for for both uh, the willem Defloe and Robert Pattinson, like are the are all their troubles like supernatural or is there is it all in their head? We don't know, and that just leaves us even more on our toes It leaves us thinking like the fear of the unknown that's just wow, so well done like yeah. It's more scary what you can't see rather than what you can like. Uh, I've used this example before in our first meeting when <laughs> waiting like, it's, like you're in the ocean and there's and someone tells you that there's a shark and you don't you don't see you don't see a fin you know the shark is there but you just don't see it and that doesn't make it any better at all so
2: uh, yeah it makes it worse. <laughs> Now, I would suggest don't watch Jaws after you after you <laughs> after you see that. No. <laughs> but yeah, it's I don't know how he does it. Like his films are so, and there's so much symbolism in his films too. Mm. That's what I like about it. And it's just amazing these motifs and symbols that you know make the can make the viewer think about what's going on. He does such a good job with that. It's it's really good. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Like I'll never look at seagulls or
1: mermaids the same way again after watching this. Oh
2: my, oh my God, man. <laughs> Me neither, especially mermaids. <laughs> that was so scary, man. When she howled, when she howled at him, <laughs> it, it was kind of funny, but it was also kind of like, what the hell? <laughs> and he just ran away. <laughs> it's like, it's like the Little
0: Mermaid, but written R for sure. Yeah. It's... God. Yeah, I, just, I wasn't expecting that because. Um, You see, like you see the credits, you see the building, and you're like, okay, it'll it'll just be Robert Pattinson and uh, Will Defoe. Like there will be no other characters at all. And so that was really surprising that there there was another character, and another actor on screen. I just I just wasn't expecting that. And then that was just so surreal. Like the first, like the first encounter with the mermaid, and then how? Yeah, it, I don't know. It, it really, that that part I think felt like the most like a David Lynch film. Mm-hmm. That probably the ending scene, um, when he looks into the light at the end. I think those those are like really, I think like Lynchian scenes. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, I just loved. I, just loved that. I think that was so clever to include the mermaid because, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, but I think like in those times sailors actually did believe like you were talking about Emmanuel like the puritans and the witch actually believed in the things the elements of the movie and in the in the lighthouse like sailors actually believed that potentially there were mermaids that would distract sailors or like kind of uh, lure them to their deaths right yeah,
2: yeah it, it it goes back to like uh, the odyssey you know in greek myth yeah. And uh, Greek uh, stories were like the sirens, the idea of the sirens, they would t- intentionally cause men to, to, to crash because of how beautiful they were and things like that. And yeah. so, yeah, it's just amazing to see. It makes sense why that was in the, sh- the, the movie because, you know, sailors and lighthouses, the people that work there have those stories, you know. And yeah it was a really nice touch and also
1: like the like the tentacles i think they're with the, the kraken right or like
2: exactly. yeah i don't i think it was like it was either a, a leviathan or it could have been a, a leviathan or one of those Loch Ness monsters or whatever <laughs> i don't know but yeah it was that was creepy
1: yeah, like it really played on super the superstitions of the time. Very
0: yeah, nice time. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. was so good. And um, yeah, like what I loved about what Robert Acres has been able to do is um has really touch on like what you guys were talking about cultural and regional superstitions and and um, history and and myths and everything. I think that's like, that's something I think we need more of in cinema. So I hope he continues on that trend. Like he keeps focusing on specific regions, you know, like the witch was like the New England. Um, yeah. Well, actually both of these are like, supposed to be New England, like the Northeast of the United States, the Atlantic oh coast. And so, um, cause that's where he's from. I think he's from Boston, isn't he? Uh,
2: yeah, he was, uh, from, I think uh, it's New Hampshire. New Hampshire, Hampshire. okay. Uh, he,
1: uh, he he grew up in New England, I think. Uh, Robert Eggers, I hear. okay.
0: Yeah, like somewhere in there. So, I, I think I think that might be what he continues to do. But at the same time, I, I would love to see him break out of that. But it would be great, I think, if he could keep telling stories about um, the, the history of, th- of this region because I think that's so interesting. And I think more filmmakers will be inspired to do that. You hear about so many interesting myths around the world, whether that be in Latin America or in Africa or in Asia. All of these like really uh, mythical stories. I think it would be so cool to see them on screen. So I hope this is like a trend worldwide with filmmakers that can bring these stories to life. You know,
2: I hope so too. Like, uh, In in a different interview with the podcaster, uh, he said, like, he does that consciously because he feels like our modern day life is so secular and almost nihilistic. And he wants to show, like, the specialness of those myths, like why we believe them. And he's a big student of Carl Jung so like he, he knowingly puts like psychology and like symbolism in his in his films yeah like the lighthouse is supposed to be like a phallic symbol and all this other stuff oh, yeah yeah that's what he said that he said that in an interview i think yeah and like um <laughs> uh what else I can't, can't remember, but but the, yeah, he constantly puts symbolism in his films, mm-hmm. and he he does it because like like I was saying, it's it's about capturing people's imaginations because he feels like nowadays we don't really believe in those stories anymore. Like everything is so materialistic, and he wants to add like a it seems almost like he wants to add like a spirituality that was long forgotten, kind of.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's going to be so exciting to see what else he does because um, I feel like, yeah, like he's so right about that and what you said, Emmanuel. We're so far removed from those times. and uh, But they're, 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 those stories are in our families. Like if you talk to our great grandparents, well, if we have them, our grandparents, whatever, right? Like our stories passed down generation to generation, you hear about it. Wherever you're from in the world. So I think that's really, really interesting. And, um, you know, there's definitely people out there that still believe them more than others and it definitely shaped the way like our societies grew and changed so i think it's really really interesting to see what else comes out of his uh, work if it continues on that path yeah,
2: yeah i'm excited for his next film um, yeah no, I,
1: I hear he's uh, blank, he's working on uh, a remake of uh,
2: nosferatu you know the, the, the vampire Yeah, he was supposed to do it. He was supposed to do it before The Witch, but I guess it went on hold. So he just did The Lighthouse after The Witch. (laughs) But I think um, after he does his next film, The Northman, he might go back to it. And he's also, i read in some reports that he wants to do a miniseries on Rasputin, the life of Rasputin.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) I could see him doing that. Yeah, that's that's very much his style. Yeah, oh, well, that would that would be cool
1: sure yeah like Robert Anders is like seems you know, did like one of my favorite directors working today and also like I'm impressed by him because he was he was only 32 like a, a bit very young since when he wrote his very first feature film like two just only two feature films and he's already like one of the one of the all-time greats in art of our time
2: anyway like, yeah, yeah it's him it's him Jordan Peele and Eric Astor two for two all those guys made two films
0: yeah <laughs> speaking of yeah speaking of which i just watched um us last week and that was that was great i, I had seen get out but i yeah i finally watched us and that was that was awesome
2: is uh, uh, yeah, oh what are you gonna say
0: oh sorry i was just gonna say uh yeah i would definitely put those three in the same category i haven't watched enough ari aster though that's the one guy i'm missing out on but i agree with you peel and eggers are two two of the best and i think aster is too
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They're all good. Yeah. They're changing what modern day horror is and what it can be. Yeah, definitely. like like no no more of those stuff like the
1: time the the time for of cliches is basically over that is should be it's basically their motto when they work on their horror films it shows so well done like and also very independent too like we need more independent filmmakers like we don't need they don't need like a big budget or tied to a to a big major studio to to to
2: make their vision come true like, that's why I really, really like these guys. Like, really, really. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're changing the landscape of horror cinema. And what's great is that all of them are students of film, you know, like, you could tell, like, I think in another interview, um same interview with the podcaster, Edgar said that a film that really inspired him was no, the original notes for Because mm-hmm. that made him, um, when, he was, when he was doing theater when he was younger, he did a play for it in high school i think and then somebody saw that and was like oh i gotta get this guy this kid to do a play so he actually did the play again in a professional setting and that's what started his career in filmmaking wow yeah
0: damn impressive Uh, very impressive indeed if he ends up if he ends up doing um a new nosferatu that would be that'd be amazing full circle kind of thing
2: yeah, it would.
1: Yeah. And, um, speaking of a place you mentioned before, Emmanuel, that the lighthouse was reminded gave you vibes of uh, Edgar Allan Poe. I believe. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because Edgar Allan Poe, and what's funny is that originally the script was going to be an adaptation of a Poe story called The Lighthouse, but they, they, the him and his Edgar's and his brother changed it. But, uh, yeah, like, Poe, he's really good at the psychology, again, the psychology of characters and how he really, over the course of a story, you see, like, the breaking down of this person. Like, either they commit a crime or they do something really bad. But there's always this undercurrent of the psychology was cracking. And um, that's kind of what... What... What made it a post story to me because it was just so, and especially the burying the when he when uh, Winslow was gonna bury him, that was kind of like if, Edgar Allan Poe playing that fear a lot of people being buried alive. <laughs> that was really big back in the when he was a writer. <laughs> people were scared of that, so that reminded me of a post story. Uh, but yeah, like. It's, I don't know how he does it. And then he, there's Hel- there's like little bits of Melville too, because Melville, if you, I haven't read the book, Moby Dick, but like Moby Dick, he, he put a lot of, um, you know, symbolism and fears of, that sailors can have, I think. So yeah, it was just, it was amazing. It was like a literary story, man, Almost to me. That's a great
0: point yeah it felt like it was literally like jumping off of a page of a, a historical novel like you could yeah wow and that that's uh, yeah that's amazing i i can see the comparisons you just made and um yeah i hope you could do like that'd be amazing if you could do like the raven the poem of the edgar Allan poe
2: that'd be perfect for him
0: that would be that would be, be interesting <laughs> or something close to that i love that i love that poem High school, I remember, it was junior high or something, that just freaked me out, that story, it's just, yeah. He could really, he could really do anything, I think, anything within that genre, I think he could just excel at it, so. He yeah. really could. Oh, sorry. Sorry.
2: No. Hey, no, it's alright. Yeah, you're right, I'm agreeing, like, he really could do something awesome in that genre, for sure. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. 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 I'm
1: sorry. Were you going to say something, then? Oh
0: no, you go ahead. Oh, no, you're, you go ahead. <laughs> sorry, nice. I was just saying.
1: So uh, yeah, also back to your point, Emmanuel, like about the character psychology, like breaking that—that that is also one of his trademarks in both his films. Like in *The Witch*, uh, the main character Thomasin, like she's trying to, she's just this woman who basically wants to find freedom in the world, like find her, find her path, find sexuality, by like, But she also, but she starts losing her faith in the process so she gets what she wants but not from who she was expecting it from which is basically the devil. So the witch is basically, I think it's a film that just like with the characters, it wants to like p- create doubt. I think in the audience, like doubt as to is this really the work of evil, or is it just the family causing their own misfortune?
2: And again, we never know, and that makes it all the more interesting, too. Yeah, I don't know how he does that. Like it's because it's kind of sad, you know, seeing the 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 disintegrating of a family. But, you know, it could be the fault of that could be – it doesn't have to be Thomas, and it could be the father because he's the one that – Uh, He's the one that made them go there because he had a religious dispute with a minister or something. And it was kind of interesting how, like, he regretted what he did. And later later on in the film, he had remorse. He was praying to God, like, to forgive his pride and all that stuff. But yeah, you can't really pinpoint. It could be so many uh, who, it could be the fault of, it could be Thomason's fault. It could be the father's fault. And that's what's great about it, you know? Leaves a lot for the audience to interpret. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a bit about the. Also, the witch, much like in the
1: lighthouse, has really great use of symbolism, for sure. Like, like the goat, for example, up uh, black, black Philip, like, and also the rabbit and the you know to extend the dog like the tagline of the witch is evil takes many forms and that is actually true like the the devil isn't just this you know this figure that's all red with horns but can come in many forms really like this form you can trust with i love how the film played with that to perfection
2: yeah yeah there's so much so many motifs like you can see that when you saw the father when you there's one scene where you see the father he's, he's uh, cutting wood and he's wearing like this white cloth. And he looks kind of like Christ, you know, like okay. in some pictures, Christ has a white cloth. Yeah. And so he represents the, um, I wouldn't say God, but he represents like the, the structure of the Puritan family. But he's also the cause. He's also, what's ironic is he's also the cause for what happened, if mm-hmm. you think about it. And then Black Philip, uh, you can't really say that's the, Thomason's fault because it was the kids, her, her siblings that were playing with it. And, and I think it was her father that got that going anyway. So it's like, I love how the film doesn't put all the blame on Thomason's fault, on Thomason as a character. And um, other motifs would be the force, like. In Puritan times, they they actually believed the forest housed the devil in those days. They actually believed that. And that was another thing that Edgars did so well to kind of cast a light on, you know? How this forest can be like this source of evil and mystery and you lose yourself if you get in there. That's what happened to Caleb basically. So yeah, that's a lot of great symbolism. And And um, also in the lighthouse, well, we're talking about the witch, so I'll stay on the witch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No no, no worries man, no, 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 you go on, go on,
2: continue. Like on the lighthouse, um, like I said, the lighthouse is a phallic symbol and then, Like when at the end of this is a spoiler, but at the end when Thomas dies, I think you know that's Prometheus. When the the, the in Promethean stories, he, he, he because he gave power to the to the mortals, Zeus punished him because Zeus punished him by having a um, a crow or a seagull pick at his liver, and because he's a god, he can't die. So it's like an eternal punishment. Jeez. so that was great symbolism of like the same symbolism of that happening to thomas at the end basically but uh but the the bird was at his at his freaking pelvic area <laughs> poking his bowels it's cruel yeah. and unusual yep yeah
0: sure. that, that was just like the, the way it ended um uh, yeah, that whole that whole scene of him going up to the top of the lighthouse, and then when he he falls, and the um the final scene of the the seagulls picking at him, that that is just like what scars you at the end of that movie. It just it just permanently like makes you feel sick about the whole experience. It's just I, I want to see what was done in the light or sorry in the witch next because. Um, You definitely walk away from the light, just feeling like, yeah, it's just, you have to digest that. It's just, oh, it's a lot lot to take in.
2: Yeah, and the light was so hypnotic. It was so like, it was just weird. It's like, yeah, it was so hypnotic. And the way you screamed too, that was crazy. (laughs) The distortion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hearing that in um, the theaters was really
0: interesting because um, just the sound surround, right, and you just, mm-hmm. yeah, like the distortion, that was just like peaking, that volume was just peaking, and it was just terrifying, because throughout the movie, you know, the audio was nice and crisp and clear. There was like times when it was loud, but it never got to that point, and then it was just like such a loud, violent end. Boy. And when I was, mm-hmm. I've never seen a movie like that, that was like chilling, very chilling. And, uh, yeah, I think everyone in the theater, I was with my, my parents and my uncle joined us and we were in a pretty, it was a pretty empty theater. There's maybe only like 10 of us total in that theater, but I think everyone was just like stunned by that ending. (laughs) Like walking away just never the same after that <laughs> yeah you're not the same after that yeah. after uh, I watched the lighthouse
1: for the first time when I was uh, walking my dog just from random coincidence I was at a field and in that field there were plenty like plenty of seagulls and I was okay I better go uh, that, that way like uh, like yeah the, the seagulls like one could, that's another thing like um, is if, if it's really supernatural or if the character brought their misfortunes on themselves because you know how killing a seagull is considered bad luck and things start to go to hell after a Thomas that just kills the seagull so that really is a really good interpretation if you think about it. I
2: don't know I was kind of I can kind of understand why he did that because the seagull was creepy man it was like messing him up and following him and <laughs> kept poking at him so I can understand he just like F you the F this I'm just gonna kill it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think he, the movie strongly insinuates that because he killed that seagull, everything went to hell. Yeah. Even Defoe said that, his character, like, he killed that seagull, that's why this is happening, because the wind changed. Yeah. Man, that was scary. Yeah,
0: it's definitely a haunting film. Like, every every action is, yeah. like, a consequence and... Uh... Yeah, it, it just feels—it just feels like there's something really out of out of their control at play. Like some something much bigger than than them as people that are really like in deciding what their fate will be like in that movie. Like it just does, it does yeah. not feel like they have a situation under control as people. I mean, yeah, that absolutely. was really really yeah. interesting to see that. Yeah. Su- definitely super supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, takes
1: over i think sure yeah Uh, both of uh, robert Eggers' films uh, the witch and the lighthouse there he even said it himself that they're films that when you're viewing it you're not supposed to take it literally like it's just it's all abstract i'd say
2: well yeah it's definitely abstract i mean the way he does his shots it's so abstract it's like for example um Uh, when he's um the first the shot i like was when wake first goes to the water and i think he that's the first time he saw the mermaid and then the the music was just so great and like it just felt atmospheric felt otherworldly you know the way it was composed and there's just so yeah like he's really good at like using ambience and atmosphere because his shots aren't his shots aren't static, like there's a reason he, he puts the camera on a particular thing, and there's so many layers to it, so many much meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, film the
0: music um, the final The final song that plays in the credits. Uh, it's, it's, it's like that classic sort of it sounds like a classic pub song it's by al Lloyd uh, doodle let me go I love I love the just the juxtaposition of that song at the end and it's it's like it's like kind of you want to like stomp your feet and like have like a nice night out drinking it, it just feels like that you like you're a sailor in those times but it's like this kind of joyous celebratory song but it's just it's just how it's placed at the end of this dark ending I think is just it was just perfect and walking out of the theater to that song playing was like just haunting <laughs> I ended up listening to that song like the whole week afterwards just because it's so funny and it's, it's basically the song the lyrics are really similar to like the actual story of the of the movie The Lighthouse it's kind of about sailors um, I think they're sailing along the coast of um, Peru in it I think uh, mentions uh, a town in Peru, and uh, I think just kind of just just the atmosphere of I think they see like almost like a mermaid in a way in that in that song. So it's it's just like a perfect fit for the movie. Yeah, yeah.
1: and that mermaid sure. I'm so sorry. I'm mute. Sorry, you go
0: first. Oh no, I'm 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 done. I'm done. <laughs>
1: and that mermaid sure
2: as hell isn't Ariel at all. No, no she's not. That's like maybe. <laughs> Maybe one of the Ariel's friends that you know, what that was quiet in class and didn't talk to anybody, <laughs> and you wanted to scare people. <laughs> um.
0: Oh, sorry. I was going to say, um, I think the actress that was like her first film. I am pretty sure, like that was her first feature. So, pretty interesting first movie for for an actress, like.
2: yeah Yeah, that's crazy
0: um (laughs) valeria caraman i think she i think she's a she's a model and that was yeah her very first film so pretty heavy pretty heavy stuff (laughs) amazing Yeah.
2: yeah yeah man she was creepy man it was it was exactly like sirens like You felt attracted, but also repulsed. Like, and that's kind of the same way it is with sirens in mythology. You know, you see them, a guy, you know, a guy would see them be attracted, but at the same time, you'd be like, uh, this is creeping me out. (laughs) That's how she lures you, man. She lords you to your death, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and, um, another um, parallel I found in both of Robert Egger's films, uh, The Witch and The Lighthouse, would be like both films have downer endings as well. But uh, This is, yeah, weird, yeah. but I'm not going to get specifics here, but they both focus on both characters embracing the whole thing they have been trying to avoid, which in one case is evil and the other is insanity. So they were basically doomed to this from the start it's like a shakespearean tragedy both of these films
2: i'd say yeah like i think i think that was a conscious choice on eggers he pulled from a lot of people he pulled from i know he definitely pulled from poe melville i think shakespeare too a little bit and it is Shakespearean with how the monologues are like and between the two characters and things like that um but yeah that was a conscious choice i think and he did it, he did it, such a good job. And the dialogue in the film was so, so good, so um, unique, so unique. Very cool. true. It, it felt like a play. It felt like, mm-hmm. and I think that's maybe that's what attracted Defoe because Defoe, he was a theater actor mm-hmm. and there was a lot of monologues and speechifying and whatever, but it felt like a long play Mm -hmm. of these two characters just going at it and things just is not going well at all (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it's definitely like a staged performance but with all the harsh elements like they actually shot on a real like on location and i think robert eggers talks about how like cold it was and like just brutal wind the whole time and so I mean it's like almost feels like it's a controlled environment like a stage but you have like the real harsh outdoor environment which was really interesting Um, I think you definitely he could have taken this movie in so many different ways but I love the fact that he did make it seem very theatrical at the same time um, I think it it would have been wouldn't have been as good if they filmed it in a studio and just you know pretended they were actually on location so I have to really give it to them for actually going out and being on the coast for months and to like, making it seem so authentic and that's because it was, it was like, as authentic of an experience, I think for them as as it is in the movie, right, so.
2: Yeah, right. I agree. Mm.
0: Yeah. So, Nick, thank you, oh, sorry, sorry. first, um, to say, uh, I think it's time for our favorite scenes Oh, yeah, like what
1: you consider to be the scariest moment from both of each of these films.
2: So let's start with you, Emmanuel. Oh, man, I'm in hot seat. I would say The Witch is, it would be the ending, the end scene when thomason has basically given herself over to the devil and she's she meets all those witches and they're screaming and howling that scared me that scared the crap out of me and they started levitating like they did this this howling like that they're they're howling in unison and then they reached a point where like the fire grew and then it just turned supernatural like all the witches were levitating and then thomason started levitating and she was laughing with them. Yeah, that scared me. And also, and also yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Also, that yeah, was also really terrifying. And also the fact that there's that some symbolism to that. All the witches, they are all naked because it it symbolizes. There's significant in that because it symbolizes that the abandonment of clothing is like you are no longer abandoning all traces that you are from this world, from the world of God, basically. That so basically you're letting go of God, rejecting the Trinity, and embracing the devil. It's really uh, just the biblical aspect as well. Like reminds me a bit of uh, Adam and Eve. I'd say, like how uh, the devil takes a form and tempts someone into you know into worshiping
2: them. Uh, and just yeah and. So what's great is that, I mean, it's not great, but part, part of what the devil does well is that he manipulates you into worshiping yourself, which is actually, in a way, worshiping him, because you're still turning away from God. And so that was, yeah, that was, um, that scared the crap out of me. And then the lighthouse, um, man, there are so many funny scenes. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a scary one. Uh... I think the scary one was the one at top top of my head. The scary one is when he finds the mermaid the first time and it it howls at him. Like, it just started howling at him and he ran away. That scared me. That was like, what the hell? That was so unnerving. Like The scream. There's just something inhuman about that scream, that howl. Yeah, it's it's just, uh, uh, that scared me yeah so it'll be those two
1: scenes and how about let's move on to you Dane when you consider the scariest from both of Mr. Rager's films
0: okay so unfortunately all three of mine will be from the lighthouse but I will watch the witch soon and maybe we'll have to do another episode after I've seen her <laughs> story change, but uh, um number three I've got uh the mermaid scene definitely from the lighthouse um well, the initial uh, one I think the, the first one where he is walking and he's just he's just walking into the the deep uh coastal water and it just keeps some, he just submerges underneath it, and you're introduced to the mermaid there I think I think probably that scene, but honestly, any of the mermaid scenes were pretty pretty good and scary, and uh yeah, just just chilled you, so definitely that one in particular, and maybe all of them that involved the mermaid, and number two, I would say. Um, sort of the chase scene in the lighthouse where uh, Willem Dafoe has the axe and Robert Pattinson's character has just tried to escape the island, um, and yeah, you just have crazy Willem Dafoe chasing <laughs> Robert Pattinson. Very, that that part was very, like, shining-esque, oh, yeah. you know. Definitely. Madman with an axe and, uh which is one of my favorite horror films of all time, too, which I think is why I really like The lighthouse because there's, there's lots of parallels between the two. The ah, sort of cabin fever and the um, sort of supernatural elements, very similar in some ways, so uh, definitely that scene. Um, and number one, you'd have to say, I would have to say... Um, Robert Panson looking into the light at the top of the lighthouse and uh, reaching into the light and just just the distortion like Manuel was talking about um, his face is just pure horror like you don't know what he's looking into and what he sees but uh, that's what makes it so scary is just his expression and just suffering it's just unbelievable acting and wow that's that's just like burned into my mind for the rest of my life that that. Uh, that Incredible.
2: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Pandora's box a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. like there's there's this myth about Pandora, and like you look into it, and then you just once you open it, it can't be op- it can't be closed again. You you let out this this evil or whatever come out, and it's like it it just makes you go crazy. I think Pandora did go crazy, or something happened to her after she opened it. But mm. yeah. They remind me of that.
0: Yeah. Also true.
2: So
1: choices guys. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. I guess that leaves me then. So, for, for the witch, it's uh, similar to your pick, Emmanuel, about the ending where Black Philip speaks for the first time. I oh guess. man, that was scary. <laughs> <laughs> In context, like um, after <clears throat> losing her entire family, like Thomason now t- t- turns to the last thing that listens to her, which is Black Philip, the goat, which is basically Satan. And after a moment of pause, we don't see the camera, we don't see a face, we don't see him speaking, but we hear his voice. And the voice, like, there's just something so unnatural about the vo- his voice, like the voice of Satan. Like, it's not some deep booming voice; it's more like very soft and like almost reassuring in a way, like a fatherly voice being used in
2: the worst way possible. Like, yeah, it's it's playing on that; it's trying to draw you in. Yeah, like it's, it's almost seductive. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. Thompson was always looking for that. Um, that sauce and she wanted, she, that's why she was religious because she wanted, and this can apply to a lot of religious people, I think, they wanted that solace in a father figure or some authority figure. And I guess she, she fell for the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> the voice think, wouldst thou like the taste of butter?
1: A pretty <laughs> taste of butter. <laughs> deliciously.
2: Ah, ah, don't remind me next. <laughs> <laughs> I like and also
1: it's like it's not great but it's so in a way it's uh he is like in a way conniving like remember he didn't say i'll give you anything he just asked what do you want i'll give it to you like he's like trying to play with her emotions like it's just so creepy like yeah this is just oh my god yep yeah, like I, usually I, I'm a bit iffy, like a bit nerve wracking when I'm watching uh, religious, uh, religious horror films like The Exorcist or yeah, or The Witch. You know, as a as a Catholic boy, so this one was kind of uh, yeah a difficult you know, experience for me.
2: Yeah, I'm one too, and uh, it scared me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh, yeah, and for my number for the lighthouse, to me the scariest scene would be same as your you guys. Um well I'm actually same as you Dan, i'm the where he finally sees the light. Like this is what the film the film has been really building up to this point, I say like the distortion, his voice as, as he's screaming, like and also it's as also as if the film itself can hold the power of the lighthouse it's as if it's feeling trapped too like I like and, like and also yeah I also noticed that the parallel of the Pandora's box too as you said Emmanuel like he just went mad from the revelation
2: I'd say like yeah oh god oh what's great god. is that he's, he's, the film doesn't show us what he's looking at it only shows us his reaction which is brilliant that's like something Kubrick would do you know or Lynch you know like like a master filmmaker would do that, and that adds to the horror because it's always what's always scary is what's not seen or what's inferred. That's what's scary because people use the, you can use your imagination to fill in the blanks. um So yeah, that was, and then the 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 dirt on his face and yeah. it's <laughs> like it was just really well done. Oh
1: yeah. And, and another thought I had, a theory I had with uh, the, what was in the light, there was actually nothing actually, like he went through so much, like he had to kill one, the one person he was close to, well not close to, in a good way of course, <laughs> but, and he experienced so many horrors, and at the end it, it all, it was for nothing, so he went insane this whole time for nothing, and that's what just made it terrifying for him,
2: for us. Mm-hmm. Exactly,
0: yeah, I love the ambiguity of the ending, right it could be it could be any one of these interpretations, honestly it could, yeah, so it's brilliant yeah. i I had no idea what I was what to think of it like i I really it affected me, but I didn't know why, like it was just one of those things that's like you can't explain it, and um reading reading in, into interpretations about it it helps to Put it into context and see different perspectives, but I, I love the fact that it's almost if you're if you're going into it blind without knowing where the influences are from the director, that's what just it's like it touches on instinctual fears and just you don't even know why it's scary, but it's just scary. Mm-hmm it's really interesting that's
1: right yeah for sure uh, yeah yeah one also um, one quick uh, fun fact about the witch like the, the they actually the goat that they uh, trained to be uh, to, for Black Philip was actually a huge pain in the ass during the whole filming because he, they tried to film some stuff with him but he kept on running ar- around and at <laughs> one point he like ra- he kept ramming on the guests
2: on the, on the actors which made difficult Yeah. You know, you know, all sides of the creature he's, he's living to his name man black Philip, man okay. <laughs> gonna come after them man <laughs> 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 gonna, gonna have to bring a priest exercise to exercise the place. well yeah like it's yeah goats are whenever you're dealing with animals you know you have to be careful And also, too, they have animal laws, so I'm guessing that they have to make sure they didn't exploit the animal, of course, but but yeah, it's just, I can see that happening. Mm -hmm. I don't think goats would be, I don't think a goat can be, can a goat be domesticated? I don't think it can be. Well, they, they can, sometimes they can, it's possible oh, okay. to train one,
1: for sure, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, it's
1: kind of hard to train one that is supposed to be the devil himself, so.
2: <laughs> Living up to his name. Yeah.
0: Speaking of goats, this is totally random, but I was, yesterday I was watching, um, my mom showed me this, like, video of, uh, mountain goats. They can literally climb, like, like a vertical wall, like, if there's even, yeah. a, like, like, like what am i trying to say like even a slight place for them to grab onto like their claw like their their feet they can literally scale a wall like like and it looks like they'll fall instantly but they don't they just it's crazy i, I recommend you guys <laughs> and listeners out there look up mountain ghost climbing, uh, climbing mountains it's just insane yeah
2: i saw a documentary <laughs> with my dad a nature documentary i don't know where it was but it, i think it was in uh, either europe or somewhere but there's like this huge rocky cliff and you saw all the, this whole family of goats just climbing this wall and these are like these are not like this is and that would be hard for a rock climber yeah i mean they weren't they were pretty steep and they didn't have a lot of space but they were jumping on it like it was nothing, nothing. yeah it's crazy Run, they can just run across
0: like like the steepest mountain cliff. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah.
1: Definitely. Yeah. like um, um, And during the summer, when me and my family were going to grassy lakes, we there was traffic because there was a herd of goat, mountain goats like dro- dropping down. And it was so impressive. Like they, they, they dropped down from a very tall height and they still landed on the ground perfectly safe, like with like, no harm. Done.
2: Oh, wow. It's
0: they're unbelievable animals they're really like unbelievable i've never seen anything like this so that was got, got to uh you know give some credit to goats they're pretty amazing
2: <laughs> <laughs> they know how to survive yeah they <laughs> sure do just ask this one <laughs> yeah I see oh man you got blackfield behind you, <laughs> you gotta be careful there nick <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like how like it looks like the color um is kind of flashing on your side, Nick. Like it's like a green red. It looks like a strobe light almost like it's really interesting. Whatever. It's trying whatever
2: trying to brainwash them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very yeah. interesting. <laughs> not not today, but Philip I got the power of JC with me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. so um, I in about twelve minutes I got. I'm gonna go for a walk with my mom. And so yeah, thank, really thanks so much for coming over here, guys, and thank you too for
2: returning, Emmanuel, as well. For sure, sure. I'm glad to be here. I'm always glad to be a guest. Kind of feel like I know you guys so well now.
0: <laughs> Soon you'll be the third third host. I think, uh, well, I think there's like a thing, Nick. You have like. Once you host or once you guess five times you become host or something is that the way yes. I oh
1: it? wow, you'll be
2: like uh the Jackson Reed of sin City yeah, I don't know you guys do a good job. I don't know how I can hopefully I can match you guys. <laughs>
0: that would be awesome. I'm excited for more shows with you, emmanuel that was uh that was a really cool hour just I mean about yeah, was... so much and it's just two movies. it's unbelievable All right yeah. that's just shows yeah, Robert we can, we can go like. on yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, we'd definitely love to have you as get As guest for sure, Manuel. Yeah, like this. Sure. This, this guy here taught me everything he knows about hosting.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, you guys do a great job. Uh, thank
0: you, Manuel. That was a good, good time, and uh, hopefully we have you on again in the next couple of weeks. Cool. I don't know what shows are coming up. I think it's always, it's always an interesting surprise for me. I'm always. Excited. so this will be this will
1: be cool he's by far you're by far our longest running guest on the show we've already got you booked for seven more episodes and Well.
2: oh man whoa, whoa. you guys are working me hard you, you will be host by the end of that wow that's, that's cool
0: awesome awesome so I hope you guys have a great week and stay creative and I can't wait to see um your films, everything that you guys do in the next next little bit. I'm so excited. So.
2: Ditto. Same here. Can't wait to see your films too, Nick. Dane and Nick. Thanks, um, Thanks. And also, um, I can't also wait to see you again, Dane,
1: for, for my upcoming birthday as well.
0: Exactly. Uh, I wish I wish Emmanuel could be there. It's too bad the situation. But one, one day, one day we'll do a trip or something. Make a film we'll, in Houston, or you can come up to Calgary. Oh we'll, uh, yeah,
2: it. I want to come. I, I would love to visit Canada. Actually,
0: that'd be amazing. We can celebrate uh, Nick's B Day. Well, the, if it just so happens to be September, but whoever's
2: It'd be nice to get out of America, you know, just breathe some fresh air. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm in Canada.
0: <laughs> You're welcome, man. Anytime you want, that'll be awesome. You'll enjoy it. I, for sure. Right.
2: Nice. See you guys. Nice. Hope you have a See great you guys. Rest Bye.
1: day. guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Dane. That's films too. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning into Sin City. This was Dane and Nick Manassas, Good friend, Nick. With Emmanuel. See you guys next week.
1: Thanks. Who will go on to be our future host? <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll see. Bye. See you guys.